Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today I'm excited. We're having a little bit of a freestyle episode. Fricka, fricka, freestyle. Not in that time. <laughs> I had to. I've got the mic. It's just too good. Um, But we are going to freestyle a little bit of a debrief about the weekend because we got to catch up in real life. Yeah. Oh, it's so weird, isn't it? Like when I see you, Danny, I'm like, you're real. (laughs) (laughs) Not over a screen. For those who, um, I guess, haven't been here right from the start, Danny and I started this podcast, what was it, 2020, 2019? End of 2019. End of 2019, obviously pre-pandemic. And we used to record every episode together in person because we were both in Melbourne. And then obviously pandemic happened, um, you know, restrictions, Danny moved away. Like we had this like big intermediate period where we had to decide whether we would continue and this is before podcasts were done by zoom so it's so weird to think like now it's very much mainstream like to be able to access people we you know communicate online and etc um but podcasting was traditionally really reserved for in-person stuff so we had to come to that big decision of what we were going to do and I am so glad we stuck it out because here we are a hundred and something episodes later um so it's a bit of a shock when we catch up in person (laughs) and we do I know it's but it's as if nothing changed we just there's a little bit of like well, there's a lot of excitement the whole time, particularly yeah. at the start. It's like, oh, my God, and then we just get on with it. And it's yeah. just the best. We're so in tune, like, with our routine and training. And we're going to talk about, you know, what we do when we catch up. Obviously, it's not a normal weekend because mm. we catch up for the WBFF, so the glitz and the glam, and then we're going to get into that as well. So I think we see each other maybe three times a year. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Well, three well, shows a year. We that's catch not up too little... bad. That's, that's all right. That's more than I see some people. I was going to say, that's probably how much I see my parents. It's <laughs> <laughs> about right. Oh, the people I love. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I think it's it's always exciting when you can catch up, like not even just with you, but I think around the show weekends we get to connect with a lot of people that we don't necessarily see um, in person, I guess. Mm. Like we, we, we're such an online world and it's yes. nice to see people in real life, um, your friends and, like, even people that you might, um, like, not know but you know of, like, just to catch up and communicate and realise that we're all humans. I think mm. it's really it's really uh, nice to be able to be humbled, to be like, oh, okay, you know, like, we're all just people at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm so also receptive to energy, like, or, like, if you're staring someone right in the eyeballs, like, you can just feel that connection and I just love that like nothing will ever 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 beat being with someone in real life Um, Mm. so it's nice to be able to do that every now and then so yeah we we love catching up on those show weekends obviously we love watching the show but I feel like we've just maximized the opportunities in terms of we go out for dinners we see as many people as we can in one room like obviously we don't have fitness expos anymore so Mm. that's kind of our big fitness event I never um, realized that so all the yeah. fitness expos are just sort of like gone at the moment aren't they especially in Australia well we haven't had one since 2019 and then we have mm. um we don't have expos as such we have like little summits where speakers 
speak because that's what speakers do um can you tell i've had a double coffee today (laughs) i I I saw you have 10 coffees when we caught up so i make a lot more (laughs) (laughs) don't tell the people coffee it's actually 20 but um (laughs) yeah so we have little summits and things but none of those big doof doof expos with the lights and the music and the supplements and all of that it's Mm. all gone unfortunately yeah yeah so it is nice to be able to i guess like mingle again with people and i treat it just like a fun weekend it's so much fun when you're not competing because you've got energy you (laughs) run around and you're like (laughs) um yet we were still hungry we're like why are we so hungry we're in the foyer eating rice cakes i'm like we're not even competing why are we carving up backstage i was like anyone got cookies like (laughs) can i have a cookie can i join in um but i i guess like we wanted to have a little bit of a wrap up with the show it's always nice being spectators and almost being our own judges uh backstage or in the audience um seeing you know all the new talent and all the incredible um men and women i guess competing uh this year and for the wbff but i wanted to start because i have announced it on my own socials but i've decided to withdraw from the october pro show um and i will not be competing this year and i feel like by the time everyone listens to this they're probably heard me talk about it on my Instagram at some stage. Um, but I was like, I I, what did I I decided maybe two, three weeks ago, didn't I, Danny? And then I was like, oh, it'll be interesting to go to the, the show because I'm like, I don't want to get FOMO, like watching everyone up there. Um, but I didn't. Like I watched the show and I was like, yep, I've made the right decision. Mm, what a let hey, thank you for sharing that on the public platform. I mean, obviously you're gonna have to get it out um eventually, but what led you to that decision yeah i mean there there's been like a few little red flags um along the last maybe 6 months and mostly it's to do with work to be completely honest like at the moment we're just going through a massive growth phase with business um and as much as i wanted to be able to do both um i definitely can do both it sort of probably meant that i wouldn't be able to do both well so it sort of came to me to be like which one do i want more at the moment and it's always going to be to be honest like the work that I do and the women that I you know work with and the team that I have and I think now it's so different now that I I have a business um and I have responsibilities for other people you know and that my I guess my direction dictates like in my employees direction and my clients clients direction and my partner's direction and the business's direction there's a lot more weight on it so I think for me like shift work was incredibly hard, right, with Mm. prep, but business is another beast. Like it's so different because you always take things home. You don't clock off. The stress never ends. When do you stop growing? Like you're going through these like transitions that your energy and your time is so precious. Um, It's the only two things that we have, right, energy and time, and we need to be spending them really wisely. So I think to me I was like I need to be focused on business at the moment, not food. (laughs) Um, And as much as I could, like I said, do both, I probably wouldn't be happy with either result. Um, So we're going through a big, like I said, big growth phase with the app development and the coaching expanding and like all these things in life, like so much has happened over the last 12 months. And it's getting to that point in time where I'm really happy with the progress that I've made. Like I've probably dropped three, four kilos already um, and training's going well. Like I've got all the muscle mass that I need. Like I know that I would slay. I know that I'd kill it. And that's (laughs) the hard part. Um, But I know what it takes to be competitive or I know what it takes for me to feel content with the package I put on stage. Yes. I recognized that 
with the amount that business is just going to ramp up um, leading up to the launch and everything of the app, with all of that in mind, um, plus we've employed like some new coaches and we're growing the coaching business as well. Knowing what's coming, I felt like I was looking at a crash coming on the M1, but I was like, prep's going to rev up, filming's going to rev up, the app's going to rev up, like all these things are going to rev up at the same time, the same month. Uh, And we all know, like we all know what it feels like. And I think I was in denial for a period of time as well. I was like, yep, no, I can do it. You know, the parts of me that are like, get shit done, show up, do the work, push through, you're capable. Uh, Had all those voices in my head. And whilst they are sort of true, like they're right, I am capable that I guess that like professional athlete in me is like, well, I need to be a hundred percent in it. Like not 90%, like not 80%, not even 99%. I need to know a hundred percent that I've given everything. And I already knew by my actions and choices um, that it wouldn't have been that way. Mm, I have a question for you. If you weren't a pro right now, would that sway your decision? Because obviously getting on a pro stage is very, very, very different. If you were still chasing that pro card, would that have changed your decision? Yes, I would have. I would compete as an amateur. Yeah, 100%. Um, absolutely. But, you know, this would be my uh, third pro show, um, mm. third pro show, fourth pro show, fourth, oh, fourth pro show. So I have a different, like I have a different level of uh like I have different expectations of myself, honestly. Like I'm not getting up there to get second. I'm winning. No. <laughs> so, um, you know, and th- that's that's hard for me because I feel like when you go pro, you like when you go pro, you stand out like a sore thumb on stage. You're yeah. like, I'm a pro, guys, because they make you work that hard for it generally. Um, so you look out of place up there as an amateur, anyways, and they give you a pro card, and then all of a sudden you're in a lineup where you, no one looks out of place. Like everyone's mm. won a show in a pro lineup. So everyone looks incredible. Um, so you have to be that next level to even place. And like I said, like I love the journey. I love the process. I do that shit anyways. Um, the last eight weeks are always tough of a prep, like physically and mentally. So I was just like weighing up when that timeline was going to meet all my other timelines and being like, oh God, I don't think I'll give my energy to those eight weeks or it'll sort of come at a cost to the business in the long term. So it was all of those pieces, but it's a great question because I think like if I was an amateur, like I think getting reps in with shows, if you're serious about taking it, um, like if you're serious about taking it to that next level and becoming pro, getting reps in is really important. Like I've done 10 shows Mm. um, and six with the WBFF, uh, I got a hell of a lot of reps in and I backed it up show by show and, man, it was tough. But I don't know. I feel like you sort of got to do that at the start. But I didn't have a business then and things were very yes. different. Yes, yes. And I, I, my hat goes off to you, honestly, because, you know, I, I said that I wasn't going to compete, you know, over a year ago now for those reasons. But then when you said you were going to do it, I, I didn't have any doubt that you could do it, you know. For, you're in the booklet <laughs> as the wellness <laughs> demonstration. In my head, I'm like, Charles going to compete, she's going to get a crown. But then I love that you've had to really tune inwards and say, well, I'm either going to be, you know, subpar of my expectations, which you'll still be incredible, but of your expectations, which is the most important, or I can put all of my energy into business and growth and my partner and my team. And, and you're really putting yourself aside 
for them as well, which is mm. just so noble. And it's just amazing that you can be in that frame of mind where you're happy with that decision um, without resenting anything. And I mm. think, you know, you and I have done our reps, as you said, or done our shows, like, when does it end? You can keep competing and competing, but we really utilize that experience for self-development, to connect with people, to connect with ourselves on a level that we we never knew we could know ourselves. Um, and it's like, all right, when you feel like you exhaust all of the benefits for that time frame, you don't need to keep trying to squeeze it for what's left because I feel like there's no other benefits really for you and I in this age and this time frame to compete. For mm. the newbies that are coming through, it's amazing you know whether they're younger or older never doing a show whether you want to build your profile you want to learn what it's like to push to that extra limit fantastic we are 100% recommend competing but it's like just with anything when do you need to pivot when mm. do you need to say cool I've done all that I can with that I'm getting the most out of it or I've gotten the most out of it time to change and and you reach that point and it makes me so happy that you're you know you're backing that decision and at the end of the day, it's your life and you can do whatever you want. So mm. obviously there are external maybe expectations or, or pressures. I don't know. Did you feel any any pressure? Actually, I want to ask that when you made that decision. Did you say, oh, you know, I might be letting someone down or any of that? Not really. Honestly, it was cool. more the other way. So I felt like um, competing is a very selfish sport, right? Like very selfish. We can all understand why that might be. Um, but in the past, I guess competing has never impacted other people for me besides Luke. But, you know, partners need to suck it up sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Refer to last week's episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, competing has never impacted other people. Whereas, yeah. you know, I feel a different weight of responsibility now, especially with like, you know, a lot of my team have left careers and jobs to, you know, back me and my vision. And that's freaking scary, right? <laughs> because we're just a startup too. Mm -hmm. Like we're just launching stuff as well and, and, and getting things going. I mean, we've only been in the women's health movement since November. Yeah. So I feel like, um, like when I zoom out, I'm like, of course it's the right decision. Like if I was asking anyone outside of my bubble and my niche, they would of course tell me like that first year of business is really important. Like when you're launching things. Um, and I think there was a big part of me that I hate the excuse. I don't have time. I hate it with the passion because it's always something that like a lot of people have said to me when I always felt really time poor with work and competing and everything else. I always felt like, well, you know, my, my, response was like it's not that you don't have time it's that you don't prioritize it so that yeah. was just always in me like people saying I don't have time to go to the gym and I'm like get your ass to the gym like do you know what I mean of course you have time we make time um so I I was having this like internal tug of war with myself no one else of like oh I'm saying this thing to myself if I don't have time to be able to do all the things that I want to in the business but then you know I don't have time for the cardio for the meal prep for the posing for everything else that comes with it because by the end of prep I want to say probably three hours a day goes towards it yeah. um, at a minimum like by the time you're doing cardio, your steps, like your training, posing, like all of those things have a time cost, but then the energy cost is more significant. And I remember mm. speaking to Luke about it and being like, I'll just get up earlier. I'll just work harder. I'll just do bigger days. And he's like, how long do you think that's going to last for? Like, how long are you going to just keep getting up at five o'clock and going to bed at nine? Like, do you think that you're going to be able just to continue stretching, doing that seven days a week? Like when, and then working on the weekends and 
I was like, oh, he's so right. Like I yeah. can't just work harder. So whilst you can for a period of time, um, and he was saying to me, like, it's not that you don't have time, it's that you don't have unlimited time. Like we all mm. have a certain amount of time. It's not infinite. Like we can't just make more of it. So it's about, it's not necessarily about the time. It's about what you actually do with it as well. So for me in general, like my productive hours always going to be like, you know, the first half of the day, but that when you're dining, when you're going through other stresses, that just gets shorter and shorter and smaller and smaller. Um, and I do important work in the afternoon in the coaching business. So it's important to be on for that. Um, and then, like I said, like chatting with Luke, chatting with my coach, Ben, like chatting with you, chatting with other people. Um, I recognize that everyone has their own biases of what they should and shouldn't do. Uh, but something that Luke's really good at is like never telling me what to do. Like he never yeah. said that don't do it. Um, but then when I find Finally made that decision he was like you know like I think you know that it's the right one and I'm like I know because it's <laughs> always going to be there right like competing's always going to be there this isn't and that yes. was the thing to me because Luke said to me he's like what if you looked back in five years time what decision would you be okay with making so like five years from now if I chose business would I be okay with that or if I chose competing would I be okay with that and Luke's like let's say you win because you know I'll win win the crown what are you going to do with it and I was like, you're yeah. right. Like, I'm just going to win. Is there anything going to change? Because like you said, we've been doing this a while. Is it going to impact business? No. Is it going to influence the women's health movement? No. Like no. Are any of it's those the opposite things- almost. Yeah. So I yeah. was having this like this reality check of like, I can keep still doing all the things, all the processes if I wanted to. I just don't have to burn towards the end um, when it's the most important time of our business ever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It gets to a point where your responsibilities have to outweigh sometimes even the priorities. Like, you know, as you said, we were talking about you don't have time or people say they don't have time. People, and then and then there's that quote that I don't like using, but it's like we all have the same 24 hours in the day. And that's actually not true because you might have children. So then your mm. responsibility is there. Your, your work is a different responsibility. So, yes, we all have 24 hours in a day, but your responsibilities cut that time a lot shorter. So our responsibility is now businesses. As you said, launching an app is not easy. You know, growing business, having staff, it's not easy. But we get that validation, that sense of importance, the challenge. We get the connection all of the things that we were getting from competing, we now get from business and social life as well. So I don't want to make it sound like, you know, we're just business. You know, we still have social life as well. We love catching up with people, going out for dinners and lunches and all of that. And like, we're still in the crowd, cheering, screaming. We get to Mm. see everyone just without competing. So we've really had to make that decision to mould our lifestyle, pick and choose the parts of competing that we love, i.e. going to the show and, you know, you coach girls that get on stage as well and it's amazing. Um, But, yeah, no, hats off to you. Well done for making a decision uh, that you feel really good about. Yeah, and I'm just glad that I honestly made it sooner rather than later um, because I think it's really important. Like the longer or, you know, the sunk cost fallacy, if anyone's heard of it, like the more energy and the more effort that you invest into something, um, the less likely you are to let it go because you do tie to it. So think of people that are like, oh, I've only got one year left of this degree. I may as well finish it or whatever we tell ourselves. I've been doing this job forever. I've been in this relationship forever. We have a sunk cost fallacy towards the thing that we're investing into. So I felt like I had a bit of that because I felt like I'd been working 
working towards this prep for so long. Um, and then it was finally here and I felt like, well, there was no excuses. But you said it really well when we were chatting with Ari at the show. Like I felt like the last few years we really have missed a good chunk of opportunity that would have been um, a great opportunity to compete. Like yeah. the last sort of, you know, whatever, three years, like in your 20s, that's a big chunk of time to miss from getting on stage. Um, so taking that all in mind, it, it's important to recognise like there's no such thing as wasted time because I've been able to do some incredible things in that period and and I guess shape a new direction as well. But it's always a tough decision when you've got something that you want to do, but then your, your mind and like everything honestly is pulling me to say, you know you should be doing this. Um, which decision would you be more grateful for? Which is going to have the biggest impact on, you know, yourself and the people that you work with around you? in the long term and is this other decision really going to have a profound effect maybe like what you said five years ago it would be a different story right it'd be a very different story but as we um like as we change and evolve as well like our lives do it it's scary mm-hmm. I feel like I'm growing up I know we are growing up but um it's it's interesting when we were at the show a lot of the people um, the OGs, you know, in in the sashes, we're friends with a lot of the pros just because we've all been around for so long and yeah. some are pregnant, some have, you yeah. know, been married. Like all of these life events have happened and I'm like, oh, my God, like we're all still here just to catch up and, you yeah. know, we had some friends bringing snacks and little Tim Tams and stuff <laughs> in the crowd and just to have a great old time. Some yeah. people on the champers. It was just a good laugh. Um yeah. But then it's like, shit, none of us are ever going to get on stage again, but we're still here just having the best time ever. Like for any decision in life, you can really still maximize it. You know, and for those listening who don't compete, you know, use Sherelle's example of making this decision on maybe another decision you've had to make in your life. Have you had to quit a job or exit a relationship or move towns? Like mm-hmm. there's there's common themes in it, but, you know, when you have to make that decision, even though you know which way is right for you, there's still going to be that resistance. But, yeah. you know, to flip it back to you, look at the relief and now look at that insane focus you can have on your goals now to continue to grow your business and be there for your loved ones. It's just really awesome to hear it sort of in real time. Yeah, absolutely. Like everyone gets to that fork in the road. And like I said, it's better to rip the Band-Aid sooner um, and call a decision so that you can, like I was having tug of war in my head, you know, like on like a daily basis of like, no, I'm then and I'm over here. And that drains energy too. So having to sit on decisions is not ideal um, when you know that your energy actually needs to be dumped elsewhere. But I guess even building on from that, like it was great to go and watch the show. And Sydney's always a good show because it is a little bit smaller. Um, and I think it's uh, like like you said, you get to see everyone. You really get time to to walk around. The shows don't go till midnight. Like <laughs> it's a nice show, but um, man, the girls up there are just getting insane, aren't they? Frickin like how where have oh they been hiding God. all of the working girls? hard in we need, we we're gonna probably talk mainly about the girls on this show. We're gonna be a little bit biased because I just go there. I didn't even watch to... the guys. Sorry. <laughs> Well, that, I was going to be in a roundabout way to say that. Like snack time. A, we both have partners and B, like you just can't take your eyes off the girls. Like yeah. this show is made for the girls. But look, the guys are incredible. Guys, anyone That's listening, off. you yep. all look bloody awesome. Um, but us being us, it's just when the girls come on, it's like, holy shit, you can't yep. stop looking. 
Yeah, there was only 135 competitors in this show. And for context, normally there was, there's about 400 um, in the, the Gold Coast shows. Normally they're massive. Um, in saying that, probably 100 were bikini. So it's not like it, uh, 110 actually were bikini. Um, and yeah, the bikini, like the quality on stage is just, it's just, getting out of control like even we were reflecting on this a uh, couple episodes ago talking about how the fitness industry's changed yeah. and I just think people are getting more educated um, better coaching probably some substances along the way um, <laughs> but these sorts of things are coming more into the shows right and it's improving the I guess the the quality that's stepping on stage it's really taking bikini to the next level yeah and you know what I really noticed like everyone had amazing stage presence because yeah they did like when um when we they were asked at registration who's a first timer who's never competed that was most of the room yeah. so it was their first show on the weekend and then I'm looking and I'm like I can hardly tell whose first show it was like based on their stage presence everyone just had this confidence this sass mm. they were laughing they were in their zone like it was really amazing to see I definitely was not like that when I first started even my mm. first maybe three shows I still was you could tell I was nervous but like well done to everyone. Like you guys looked incredible and the energy and just the fun. It was just awesome to see. Yeah. I think as well, like I was almost the opposite. Like when I first started competing, I was like ignorant. I was like, this oh, is the go. best, so much fun. Like, you know, ignorance is bliss. You just get on stage as like a novice and you just have fun. So Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. And then when I started to <laughs> become more competitive and like work towards a pro card, I felt more pressure, like mm. socials grew, more eyes on me. Like I just felt like people were watching me um and that made me a little bit more nervous because I remember one of my first pro shows I was so nervous like I was really nervous and it showed on stage mm. um that I was nervous and I, I had to have that moment of like why and it was because of all of those things right like the more that people watch I've obviously learned to be able to like be like well you let go of that as you get a little bit older but for <laughs> anyone that go has gone through that transition as well like completely normal as well yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, just congratulations to everyone that stepped on stage. I absolutely love seeing the transformation category. Oh, like my favorite. There was some amazing, like everyone who's doing the transformation has an incredible result to get there. But like some people lost over a hundred kilos and amazing. we don't, and they, everyone gets a standing ovation just because it's such an amazing effort. And it's not like obviously it's rewarding how they look but like we can all recognize the mental and emotional transformation that they would have had to go through in order to achieve that final result yep. so you know everyone who stepped on stage in the transformation category again standing ovation it is just so inspiring like when mm. they have their before and after up or before pictures on the screen your jaw just drops like mm. it yeah I've never I don't know why, but I just felt so connected to that category this time. Maybe because maybe I've missed it in the past. But when I was there, I'm like, this is my favorite category, to be honest, because I'm like, that is insane. And I love that they're included in that because yeah. they're the kind of things that should be rewarded as well. Just such an extreme lifestyle transformation. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. And some people like have gone through like battles with cancer and like losing loved ones. And like you said, obviously like significant weight loss, but it's generally so much more um, about the journey and the story than, you know, the amount of kilograms that they've lost, et cetera. Yes. And I think, like you said, it just makes for a more inclusive experience in sport because I think in the past, a lot of those people would have tried to compete in bikini um, and, you know, 
our body, when they go through significant changes or challenges um, or transformations, they're not going to look like a bikini pro for, you know, it's just just the way it is. And I always found it a bit, you know, like there needed to be another category that's not essentially bodybuilding. You know, it's about so much more in the transformation of the journey. And I completely agree. When you look up, you're like, that is different person like that Mm. is insane it's so much more inspiring and entertaining than honestly like a pro lineup (laughs) yeah yeah there was these one group of people in the audience oh how good was that they were so they were a family and then this guy kept being like that's my sister like that's my sister oh it just makes your heart so warm like I love being a spectator and just observing everyone and getting amongst the energy I think that's why this show was so different we were in there like second row or whatever and really just amongst the energy being cheerleaders for everyone like that's what it's about so cool yeah it was really good and you know congratulations to everyone as well that like got their pro card or even a top placing Mm. something I do want to say if you get top 10 in one of your first shows that is incredible like (laughs) incredible I think sometimes people can uh like you know get a little bit underwhelmed if they get ninth or something and I'm like do you know how good that is especially for the WBFF like unreal so I know there was a lot of first-time competitors there um if you did like you know get in to that top call out um position like please just give yourself a pat on the back even if you didn't get a call out give yourself a pat on the back but in particular it's really important to reflect after the show it's something that i love doing with um, my girls that compete just to sort of like go over feedback from a coach's perspective which is usually more valuable than the judges to be honest like they'll give you generic dot points but your coach like they're going to be able to be like, look, if you want some honesty from me, um, I can give it to you of like improvements that you want to work yeah. on, whether it's stage presence or conditioning or size and, and what you actually need to do. Um, and I think another piece of advice for anyone that um, has done a show is try and give yourself 12 months off after your first show because I just think the amount of growth and the amount of change that you can provoke on your body, like if you have a solid off-season and do it properly, like reverse yourself out sort of promptly and efficiently and quickly, um, get back to business, build some muscle, like, you know, focus on health, sleep, like social life, all mm-hmm. of the things that we neglect, um, allow your body, your brain, your mind, like your relationships to grow um, and nourish them as well. And then when you're ready to go back into a prep, you'll just be in such a better starting position. And it's, I didn't do it, like guys, and I say this from experience, yeah. I did show after show after show. Um, and it probably wasn't until COVID uh, where I actually had to hit the pause button after five, four, after maybe seven shows. I don't even know, actually. No, no, that would have been the end. That would have been the end. That would have been 2019. I haven't competed. Oh, no, it's the end. Yeah, like Shit. after 10 shows, right? Um, but so it honestly, took a pandemic for you to take that advice that you just gave. It took a pandemic <laughs> for me to slow the F down. But when I did and I actually committed to a, a surplus and a building season and a building phase, started learning about um, or like really discovering my own um, intensity in the gym and, and training to failure, like I met Eugene in that time and just started broadening my knowledge in training in general, Geez, I grew so quick. Like I put on like 10 kilos in one year when I was like eating pretty much at maintenance. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That was like me. I did the – so I've done two ICN or IMBA shows. Yeah, ICN. Um, WBFF was in May. Then I just kept cutting because I had maybe a kilo or two to lose. So I did May, then the mid-year show in Sydney. 
Um, and then I'm, I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to do this competing thing again. Had probably 18 months off. That's when we had our coffee date. And then all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, I still want to compete. Um, but again, put on maybe 10 kilos. But it was, yeah, muscle, bit of body fat, so normal. And then turned pro that next show because I actually gave myself that time, but I didn't say, oh, I'm going to actually give myself that time to get on stage again. I was like, mm. nah, I'm done. But similar to you, you know, we we a- were able to give ourselves an awesome amount of time off to miss competing even um, and then come back to it with amazing body composition results because it's just not good to always have the on switch on. I yeah. mean, if you can push a little bit harder and there are two shows that are quite close, do it that's fine but then to go bang 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 like your advice just then you, you can get stuck in the momentum and the excitement but it's like if you actually want to change your body which is what the sport's about um mm-hmm. and even your mindset as well give yourself some time off doesn't that's mean funny. you you know let the um ball drop and then let go of the reins like still have a, a hold on it but don't be as rigid be a yeah. little bit more flexible enjoy life eat delicious food, um, grow, train hard, practice posing, and then do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it's so tricky when you are a pro because in Australia we only have one pro show. But if I was an amateur, I would definitely um, try and sort of do the April show and then back it up, honestly, like to have that little bit of time between there because you don't want to be drawing it out from like, you know, even July or April through to October. Like it's just an awkward period of time. And they actually show like it probably takes your body, if you diet down hard enough and you get into condition, it probably takes your body about six months just to get back to some level of home stasis and like um, balance with hormones and cortisol and leptin and hunger and body fat etc like to be able to get your body back to a solid foundation to build from mm. it can take six to 12 months and sometimes they even show longer um, sometimes they still show like leptin um, like imbalances and um, like you know menstrual cycle dysfunction they still show a lot of that stuff that can go beyond 12 months so the recovery period and this is why like I'm more on the fence for people that have to go down a really aggressive route for dieting to go straight back into a recovery diet and not a slow reverse because the goal is to put body fat on because none of these negative symptoms of dieting go away until you actually add body fat to your frame. And a lot of people just try and stay lean. They try and, you know, do photo shoot after photo shoot or get back on stage too quickly. And they they try to stay in this like malnourished state because that's what it is. Um, but as women, you know, optimal, like to build, we need to sort of be above that 18% body fat. They do show that we need to be sort of in that range. Mm. Uh, and I'll just encourage people, take the post-comp se- um, phase seriously, uh, like get back to a healthy body fat percentage where all the negative symptoms of dieting are gone. So food focus, like insomnia, like menstrual cycle dysfunction, some um, females lose their hair, their skin, like you need to be making sure they that lose their skin. No, I'm like their skin goes bad is what I mean. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry um, I'm just being silly. They lose their skin. That'd be horrendous. <laughs> isn't it? Um, but the focus is to restore health. Yes. You know? And then you can, and then you can make some huge progress. Like I said, we, we definitely uh, saw that probably a bit later, but honestly, like this information wasn't even accessible. Gus, so lucky. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, guys. You're so lucky. <laughs> um, and from a training point of view, same theory. I love yeah. the emphasis that you just said on recovery. Like when the pedal is to the metal, like you just go hard, hard, hard mm. with everything, your nutrition, what you were saying, your training. And then often a lot of people can end up quite sore by the end of the process because you're your movements aren't, you know, it's specific for stage and your recovery is less. So there's high chance of injury. You're pushing when you're really tired Um, and then posing as well. Your back, your hips, Mm -hmm. everything, your your photo shoots, you can actually pull up quite sore. So it's really nice to alter your training, um, you know, if you don't have the awareness, if you're amongst it and if it's a bit too late to change or for you to get help um afterwards have a rebuilding phase and like what you said with the foundations of your nutrition same with your training you know work on the movement patterns that you neglected or you know Mm -hmm. pull back on on some intensity adding different movements um I get a a few clients come to me in the midst of training where like I worked with Davina who came second in the wellness category so congratulations Davina she came to me at the start and she was so worried that she wouldn't be able to compete because her hip was just so Mm -hmm. sore and it wasn't, you know, I suppose the main problem was that she was just so passionate. She was gung-ho at the start, go, 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 and then sort of neglected certain movement patterns that led to a sore hip. But, you know, throughout that process, we were able to really look at it objectively and go, hey, you can still give it your all, um, but let's add a little bit more well-rounded, some unilateral work, um, add in some compound lifts again, um, and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's really important to focus on, as we were saying, that recovery from nutrition and training. If you can do it within the prep, great. If you've got people to help you, obviously you and I, Sherelle, coach people through it. Um, but some people just don't know. And then mm-hmm. I've been in that position where I might have had a niggle when I was younger and you just push. You're like, fuck it, yeah. I'm this close now. Yeah. Um, but afterwards, everyone, make sure you get that help for, to repair your body. Yeah, for sure. You carry injuries usually towards the end. And that's just the, like, honestly, part of it. You're malnourished. You're, you get a bit like, psychotic. You're like, I don't care. It's the pain. Yeah, just, you just sort of train around good. it. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. It's not good. But, you know, that's like that top sports. You sort of just do it when anything's mm. extreme. Um, But then, yeah, that opportunity at the end is like a foundation phase that you should be going back to, making sure that all your movement patterns are good, that, like, any muscle imbalances that you've got going on, you address it. Like, And then not only that, something I think that's overlooked is just, like, your nervous system like I usually try and pull volume back even drop a training day if they'll let me and Mm -hmm. and just get them to coast through the next month um just to give their body time to recover like so many people really underestimate or they they overestimate how much um like progress they can make oh sorry they they take that that month post comp um they think they still have to push i don't know how to say it probably but they think they still have to push they think if i pull back for a month that that's a month and guys like if you're listening to this i think you could probably use it right like pulling back and you know you're not not doing anything but i mean like rpe six to seven gently pull back gently pull back like give your nervous system time to just restore and recover because a lot of the times when we're carrying fatigue we actually don't realize it when we're in that state like when we're sleep deprived we don't really realize that we're sleep deprived until we actually feel well rested and then we go oh wow like i feel so much better so Mm -hmm. it's not until you actually step away allow your body to recover and as i mentioned your coach will take you through all of this but it's 
something to be mindful of yourself because your coach can give you a program and then you just go in and blaze it um, and then wonder why you're still like carrying symptoms of like a comp prep months and months later. It's because you didn't really take the your foot off the pedal. Um, and even a little bit off can feel like a lot, but yes. you generally need to really make sure that you pull back, give back to relationships, like give back to other areas of your life and try and, you know, spend the minimum effective dose actually in the gym. Yeah, yeah, definitely give back to relationships. You had a lot of the um the boyfriends of the competitors, you yes. know, holding the bags, taking the photos, like oh, again, well Good done. And every time we spoke to them, we're like, that was your show too. You probably went through a lot more than what they had to go through, Absolutely. copying all of that. So give back to your partners as well, or just or your friends, family, you know, parents, and just say thank you for, you know, helping me through this or being there or giving me the space that I needed. Yeah. Um, it's really important to acknowledge. Um, yeah. and get your hormones back and then you can have fun with your partner again. That yeah. always Absolutely, the <laughs> boys. They really, you know, your sex drive is absolutely zero towards zero the end by the end. Like you're just conserving it for your training. So give back to all the areas that allow you to, um, you know, pursue your own dreams. Pursue <laughs> your dreams. I love that. Um, and it was really nice to have a lot of people come up to us as you know, as we do sometimes. Um, you know, saying that they listen to the podcast. It's I love it. I just love it. I'm like, so really? Much. You guys listen? <laughs> it's fun. I mean, it, it doesn't happen all the time because that's the first thing people say, oh, it must happen all the time. Unfortunately, no, the fitness industry is still quite a small bubble. We walk yeah. down the street, no one knows who we are. But when we put <laughs> ourselves in that space, like it's just fun. Um, and a lot of people were like, oh, I'm not a competitor, but I I I listen to it. And it's like, that's fine. You don't have to be a competitor. And I love that we are attracting people who aren't competitors as well because, of yeah. course, that's how the podcast started and it's our sport, it's our hobby, it's what we love doing. But, again, it was really cool to have that reassurance, even at a show, that we are branching out to other people and, and really into the wellness space. So for anyone that came to say hi, thank you. For anyone that was a bit scared to come and say hi, say hi next time, please. We love it. <laughs> yeah. We love yes, it. I we're swear not scary. We're, we're loud, but maybe quiet. hopefully not scare. I reckon we scared off a few people. Probably, probably. Just too passionate. Of, we're just going to talk and scare people off. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like Daddy said, it, it is nice because I think um, there's a reason why we called it Level Up and not, like, competing with Shrey and Daddy. Like, we called, it, we called it Level Up for a reason um, because, you know, like, even when I was sitting in the audience at the show, I was like wow it's such a small niche like this yeah. no one knows right like people see the photos of like whatever the glitz and the glam and they think that it's massive but it's not like it's competing no. is such a small world um and it's so interesting because I don't think people really understand the depths of it of what it actually means until they're in it yes. um and it's from the outside like I said it, it sort of comes off this this highlight reel but there's so much more to health and fitness than competing um and we love being able to make sure that we can really bring that to a, a public space yeah, yeah. It was um the amount of times we got asked, oh, are you, what are you guys doing? Are you going to a hen's night? Cause we had yeah, to like, we wish. Because we had to get in a few, well, we didn't have to. We chose to get into a few Ubers from the hotel to the place, even though a lot of the competitors were getting their steps in. We're like, nah, we don't want to walk for 10 minutes. We're in heels. We want to yes. just catch the Uber. And then even to the Uber driver, I'm like, oh, you must be getting a lot of people from here to the concourse. He's like, um, 
no, not really. I'm like, oh, okay, it is a bit of a small niche then. It is, absolutely. Compared to the Gold Coast, though, they do laps. There's hundreds of people back and forth. But then it was a little bit humbling. He didn't even pretend to know what I was talking about, which was, I'm like, oh, fine. Um, But again, yeah, you sort of walk in. It's a small little bubble. You do what you do and then you walk out and then, yeah, busy Sydney roads again and that's it. Yeah, especially like with the WBFF, it's very like Gold Coast, like it's where it is, yeah. where it's known for. So I think a lot of people recognise it up there, but then in different states um, it's it's not as well known, I guess. Yeah, and for those who, you know, are curious about the shows or obviously we talk about it a lot and that's where we started from, you don't have to compete to be able to enjoy the fitness industry and and what we do. Like reflecting on the weekend, my heart is so full because, you know, you and I got to catch up, Sherelle. We had a nice birthday dinner on the Friday night. Um, We had other dinners. You know, we got to train together at the gym. You came and visited Pado. Like all of these other amazing things that happened around the show and Mm. and yes because of the show everyone flew into Sydney or in our circle um, because of it but like make the most of it and I think it's really important whether you compete or not to recognize that there's so much more to any goal than just the goal how can you stretch it out do you want to do a photo shoot do you want to catch up with someone you haven't seen for a while do you want to try training at a new gym do you want to Mm. yeah there's there's just so many other benefits that I think people need to put their focus on and it's easy for us to reflect in hindsight at the time it was like must win everything else is irrelevant but like now you go oh my god the Mm. best parts of my lives have been yeah winning's nice and it's Mm. I'm glad we did but then now it's like the connection the community the fun make a holiday (laughs) out of it it's just so good even you were there when I was with Olivia who competed on the weekend. Yay! I was like, I'm not coming backstage, go meet some people. Like I was like, go <laughs> meet some people, right? It's really important that we get more out of those experiences than just the, you know, an hour that we're on stage. Like it, even when I reflect like all those things that you've just mentioned, it's because I went up and introduced myself and, you know, like it's it's about putting yourself out there to make sure that you can take and be selfish from this sport that does take so much from you. You want to be able to take from it too and take relationships and friendships and opportunities um, that may come along as a result. So absolutely, I think it's really important. And it's something I'm looking forward to now, like, you know, when things settle down a little bit, being able to actually enjoy my lifestyle and do a bit yeah. more travel. And, you know, I've got um, like all of my coaches pretty much live here except Batu. Um, and How does that have, happen? Like- Is that part of the protocol? You have to move to, to Geelong. <laughs> no, they just miss me. So they're yeah. Here now. Um, where have they moved nice. from i'm so interested uh well maddie, you don't have to say suburbs but like states oh, yeah, or whatever no. um <laughs> confidentiality um yeah i don't know Are maddie just Victorian? wanted to change um they, no maddie was from adelaide south australia yes. um and yeah the other two girls were from victoria oh uh, the other three girls are from victoria the only one we're missing is beck who's um moved to perth so she's a bit of a oh, wow bit of an outsider but she's actually flying down in uh three weeks as well and we're going to have like a bit of a, a week together which will That's be really nice. nice but i'm looking forward to those things you know yeah. being able to actually use work and working online to my advantage travel around like mm. you know and, and just train with people and connect and and do those 
those things because at the end of the day, like community is a fundamental human need and it's actually what we seek out most of the actions and behaviours um, to be able to, to get from those, you know, whether it's competing, whether we realise it or not, whether it's business, work, coaching, like a lot of these things, community is the actual attraction attraction point because we all want to belong um, or feel like we belong to something or that we're good at something. Um, it's a reason why we enjoy things is usually because there's a connection element to it. Um, so it's important to be able to utilize those things. And like I said, that, like you can find your thing in fitness. And a lot of people do this with group fitness classes, like and group training. Like I think it's incredible for that. The community vibe that comes out of places like F45 and CrossFit, it's unmatched and there's a reason why they're still so popular. Um, but you you can find your people in other circles as well. You just gotta look hard for it. Yeah, and look in the places where you love going. I love that we've we've spoken about that because how many times do we get asked, how do I make friends? And it's like, there's no real answer. You just have to follow doing what you love and then be willing to be a bit vulnerable and say, hey, you love this thing too, whether it be a, a gym, a course, um, you know, your staff, anything, the people will migrate to you and you'll naturally migrate to them. So we definitely got that out of competing, but we're able now to get that through work and friendship groups and all of that. So it's really beautiful um, to be able to recognize that at the end of the day, the validation and winning and trophies, it feels nice, but it can be short lived. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's not our survival instincts. Our survival instincts are to connect, are to yeah. be a part of something, to, to be able to validate ourselves, to be able to grow. They're the real meanings. Uh, you can get both. However, yeah, when if you're someone that won on the weekend or you want to compete again, ride it as long as you can we're kind of in that next chapter now saying keep doing what you're doing it's brilliant and ride it as long as you can but then also be open-minded and 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 recognize hey it's not just always about that uh, there are other elements that you need to pay attention to when the time is right for you we yeah. can't tell you when that time is you'll know yeah, absolutely. Well said, well said. Um, but we hope you guys enjoyed this little bit of a freestyle episode. We just wanted to do a little bit of a weekend wrap up and it really just turned into, I guess, like cop prep advice. <laughs> Pretty the much, didn't it? Especially coming off the back end of like the show and everything. I actually think it's really fitting because I know there will be still quite a few competitors who will be listening to this episode. Um, and sometimes we all need that gentle nudge to be a little bit more self-compassionate and make sure that you give yourself that opportunity uh, and permission slip to slow down once you put your body through something you know extreme like a show or any sort of event to be honest it's important to be able to have that recovery aspect afterwards yeah congrats to everyone that stepped on stage and congrats to everyone who's not going to step on stage again whatever you <laughs> want to do in your life as long as you're happy guys just absolutely yeah, do what you want Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. If you did enjoy this episode, as always, make sure that you take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram story. Thanks everyone.